Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I'm your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you leave your podcasts for absolutely free. Five-star reviews on iTunes. We'll read them on the air. Okay, so after the football podcast that you got that's a solo show it's, it's going to be great you know just kind of yell about football for however long you're going to get this podcast and this podcast is being recorded through the power of magic in the past but we're going to talk about the future because i've got the future of media on the other side of this podcast and he's laughing right now but i've watched this dude grow from just the most problematic person you follow <laughs> to still being that. That's the thing is that you've remained true to your, the, the fact that your pin tweet is still your pin tweet <laughs> is like a real testament to how much of an ancient person you actually are. <laughs> and that people have just adjusted their expectations. Cam Hawkins at Seahawk on Twitter. You know from everywhere, from there's been there's been trials, literal trials, there's been tribulations, watching him try to navigate the way wrestling Twitter is. It's the worst place in the world and we love it. Cam, what's going on, man? Well, I absolutely still date that woman because Twitter doesn't run my life. Anyway, um my favorite thing, Palm, is that Felder said back in the day, he was like, This is why Cam will never go mainstream. And he was wrong. <laughs> you were so wrong. I, I just like, kept doing the thing, and the thing has worked. But no, um, first of all, I'm gonna pretend like you didn't just sneak that in there. That's very nicely done by you. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, but no, I, I yeah, it, it's because again, you you know me, and and we're we're both guys, and we've existed for a long time, and you know, you know the real from the fake, and the jokes from the real, and yeah, we just if the work is good, and you're not doing like morally wrong things, you can just yeah, do what yeah. you want. I've said someone was I was talking to someone and, and this is we're gonna get I promise we'll get to wrestling. Everything's kind of wrestling, so this is kind of wrestling. This is very much how you need to operate in your lives. I had someone in my office to be like, how do you do these videos every week? Just kind of like feeling yourself and what you know. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, it doesn't matter. I should go out there and do something. And guess what? Like, why well, are you are you feel awkward about sharing so much of yourself on the internet? And I go, it feels that way until you realize that I only share what I want to share. For sure. Sure. You only get what I give to you. And like yeah. when people do that math, I think it's different. Because like people sure. think they know you, Cam. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, they oh, they, they really, really, really do. Like, and it's I like, watch the way really people do. talk to you, and I'm like, oh, they think they know Cam. Yeah, you get they get six hours of my week and they they make that my whole personality. I'm just like, guys, it's, there's <laughs> And that's why it doesn't. That's why it doesn't bother me. Because I'm like, guys, exactly. there's so much more. Like, I, I'm not mad about this. Like, this is okay. Uh, yeah, for sure. But, but we are gonna go past the personality today because we're gonna talk about a thing. We're gonna focus on one part of the personality, and that's professional wrestling. For those who don't know, Cam, where do you do all your pro wrestling work? Um, so primarily, I do my pro wrestling work with Pro Wrestling Torch. Um, every week. 
Wednesday evenings, uh, 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central. You hear me on the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast, hosted by Travis Bryant, um, co-hosted by Rich Fan. That's at eastcoastcast.com. Um, and you can also um, actually watch the show live on stream uh, here on Twitch, on twitch.tv slash Seahawk. Um, primarily, that's where I do it. I also write for fan-sided DDT every once in a while. Um, I was published for the first time uh, last month. I'm in the August edition of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine, which is like, uh, fuck it. Oh, bucket list thing for me. Yo. Um, it was really cool. Um, shout out to Alley Cat uh, for, for being so cool. But yeah, I was, uh, I was doing that. So um, yeah, primarily PW Torch, fan-sided PWI, and then you'll catch me on your socials talking wrestling. And this is how you know, like, how happy I am for my friends. When we started doing these talks together, I could do his plugs for him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I could be like, hear from, and I named it the two or three things you were doing, and I'd be yeah. out. But, like, tip of the cap, man. Yeah, no, Very no. It, it, the, the biggest thing for me, like, and, I, and I, I tell you this in private, so I'm not just saying it in public, but you guys, um, you and Chris doing what you do, and I mean, so good at what you do. Um, made me know that like this stuff is attainable this stuff can be done like you just if the work is good like the work will follow um so yeah no shout out to you guys for making me know like i can do this thing and the thing's been going well so so yeah i'm glad like watching us all kind of do good at this is so fun it really is it really is uh before we get into the topic of the day i want to talk about someone else who kind of did what he did his way and it worked because big he's the wwe champion man yo um, this is like, so, so we didn't really talk about it on stream in the way that I wanted to, because we had like more news to get to, but right. the, the, the thing I want to stress to people, anybody listening to this, anybody watching is like, yo, like black people are just not a monolith. Like you can be, and Palm, you can probably say better than anybody, like, especially playing the position you played. You hung out with the biggest, strongest guys, and not all of them are super hard, tough guys. You know, like they can just be guys like you, one offensive lineman who, like, who's you know, other living is talking about comic books. Like, you can be both. They can really exist. And the fact this is something I didn't know. Um, the week that Booker T said Big E can't be champion until he's serious. And then Biggie came out the next Raw and rolled down the ramp. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. he did it his way and it's worked. And he is just, everybody loves him. Like, I, I think people tried to say, like, I, I told him, I was like, I've never seen anybody more appreciated by both fans and their peers in right. a championship win than Big E. And they were like, you did see it with Kofi. I'm like, guys, as great as Kofi is, Kofi's older. Like Kofi's primary, like his friends are on social media, but Kofi's a married man with children who's been in the business a long time. Like he can't cultivate the same relationships that Big E does. And it was just like everybody from every company and people who've never ever talked about wrestling and they just all loved it for him. Like, no, Big E is himself and is great and has always served in the ring and is a great promo and is clearly a great person and is doing this third party thing with the the black heroes rock and right. just you can't be happier for a guy who's clearly done it the right way he, it, it's 
just joy. Like I didn't cry like I did when Kofi won the title because it's a different thing, but right. Biggie absolutely deserves his flowers. He's done everything as far as I know the right way. It's great to see. It really so is. So I've been and overthinking. One and awful black man. Like, Yo, like, no. Oh, yeah. it, 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 and lastly, also deserves like so much credit for having a great run. Like everything's just everything about this is is really cool. But for me, the coolest thing is the thing that you talked about. Like with Kofi. Kofi was almost the Brian thing where kind of it got out of hand and they didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Which I think the Brian thing was more contrived than people say it was, but whatever. I think I think WWE's better at their jobs, especially in that moment, than people want to give them credit for. Um, but the thing about the Big E run is it wasn't a flashpoint. It wasn't a groundswell. It was a story designed to get Big E over. As the whole, the the whole way. Yeah. It was a story architected from the moment he won. The night he wins the the briefcase is the mm-hmm. night Lashley ragdolls Kofi. Yeah. That's yeah, the same it, story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and even... I love that since somebody brought it up, like the backstage promo months and months and months ago when they split them, when Kofi was like, yo, everything you've done has been for the group and it's been great and we appreciate it, but you got to get yours. Like, I, I don't know how hard they had to pitch the idea that we can be friends and also do other things. Like, I don't know how hard they had to go for that, but it was like, yo, E, it's been your time. We know what your time. We know what you have. Go get it. Like, we'll do our thing over here, man. We're going to be happy for you. It's not going to be no hate on our side. Um, and like you said, yeah, he wins the briefcase. And, and there's this idea, Palm, that NXT is just this super unsuccessful thing. And it's like, no, like NXT, like and FCW, you know, has to be an extension of that. But you, Roman Reigns and Big E are the champions. Charlotte's a champion. Like, Bianca was just a champion. Becky is the champion. Sasha's a household name. Um, you know, like like Bailey when she comes back is right there. Like, no, NXT has produced at, at the very least yo, 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 Cam, six Cam, people. Cam, Cam, yeah, time, you got time it. The current intercontinental champion, the current US champion, both yeah. current women champions, the current world champion. Yeah. Who are the tag belts? Yeah, uh, Tamina, uh, Natalia. Oh, not Tamina. Uh yeah, Tamina and Natalia. That's an Usos, but Street Profits are right there fighting for him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Like, I, yeah, this no. is the territory worked. Yeah. And it didn't work for the reasons and for the people maybe we wanted them to work for, and it worked differently for other people. But by and large, the top of the cards, NXT alumni, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Yeah, and even if it's guys who who had a name before, like they're mm-hmm. still performing at this top level, and they were notably either champions or big deals in NXT. Like like NXT, I don't know what your success rate is supposed to be. Like again, Palm, you you a guy who played college football, your school's only gonna produce so many pros because there's only so many spots for pros. Like that's yeah, just what it is. Make it more relatable. The guy who was the third best player on your high school team. Probably didn't play college ball. Yes. If he if he did, he played a small college ball. 
And guess what? None of those kids played again. Yeah. I yeah, played with two right. guys who played in the league in, mm-hmm. in four years of college football. Yeah. If NXT produces three people who make you a million dollars, NXT was super successful. NXT gave me Roman Reigns and Charlotte Flair. Shut the shop down. It worked. Yeah. And that's 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 the entirety of it. And like we didn't we didn't even talk about like the bad luck stories like American Alpha. Like yeah. just just you know, there's nothing you can do. You know, like 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 injuries happen. But yeah, no. NXT is absolutely like Corey like Graves. gave me Corey Graves as an announcer. Yeah. Like yeah, Corey Graves, like like Sasha Banks is like probably gonna be a movie star. Sasha Roman Reigns is probably going to be a movie star. Like Bianca Belair is going to be a license to print money. It, it worked. NXT, NXT 2.0, great, but old NXT, old goth NXT worked perfectly fine. It, it's perfect. I, yes, yes. I'm not, there are minor reservations for me, of course, because I'm a bitter, pathetic wrestling fan. But <laughs> you're 100% right. I know that objectively. I'm not going to challenge any bit of it. But the thing that happened that changed all of it was that the ethos, the energy, the spirit posited by NXT was simply snatched away. No mask, no gun. Just took. Chain snatching, if you would. Yeah. Um, By Tony Khan and then Boys in Jacksonville and AEW. Yeah. That is true. They they just they just did it. <laughs> they and, just went and did it. And there have been in my in my recent wrestling my return to wrestling. I came back to wrestling ten years ago, which sounds like I guess forever now. But I walked away because I was in the building for Finger Poker Doom. And I was like thirteen. And I was so insulted. And I was like never again. And then I went to Mania in Atlanta, and live wrestling fixes a lot of problems. Um. <laughs> It does. I'm sorry. Five wrestling is fantastic. The first time I stood up and screamed in my house in probably 20 years from wrestling was the end of all out. Yeah, it's so like it's hard to describe exactly what it is that makes AEW so different right now. And I think I think what it is, uh, shout out to Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks, I think, nailed it. He said, WWE is so big that they can insult their fans and their fans not leave. So on the flip side, like, AEW seems to say, look, you're giving us money to watch wrestling. Why not give you what you want? Like, why not do the thing that you want to see for as long as we can do it and make you happy? More um, to the point, we can't afford not to give you what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are in the business of having more business. So here's yeah. the thing you want to see. No, absolutely. Do you... they're, they're, they're in a growth cycle versus a down cycle. Versus a yeah, cycle yeah, yeah. of maintenance and building relationships and... Trying not to get Fox or NBC too mad at you when they realize what you've actually done to them. No, that last I, is it I seven sold minutes? You, I sold you NXT as a viable competitor to this thing 
that's going to take over some significant market share. Like, no mm-hmm. shit. And what I'm giving you now is developmental. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's what's interesting is, like, of course, like, we being me and you, like, we have to watch <laughs> NXT 2.0. Like, we don't really have, have a choice. They're doing, well, you you do this thing where you say you don't have to watch things and you secretly watch things, but it's that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but um, for the sake of, you know, uh, content, we have to watch it. And I, I am actually really interested in, like, developmental on TV. Like, whoa. But, no, they, they really did, like, they sent them back to the projects, man. Like, for whatever reason, WWE felt like we can't compete with the thing that we're doing, and so let's work on the big thing. And so they did kind of revert, but no, like AEW is like, hey, fresh matchups, rankings, this match counts. This will lead to a thing down the road. We're not going to have you see our top talent wrestle every week, but we're going to tell you a week in advance they're going to cut a really important promo for two weeks from now. Like, yeah, just. They're very thorough. Like they're very thorough. They seem to have a direction. Um, they don't seem to be worried about things like branding and this is, you know, who's gonna be at X event, and so we have to make sure they look strong. It's like, no, we're yeah, leading yeah. to our show. Oh, go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry. The standoff between Daniel Bryan and uh, Brian Danielson, excuse me, and Kenny Omega was two dudes in white shirts. Vincent Kennedy McMahon would never. Yo, Nigga, you are so wearing shirt. a shirt that we made for you that we sell for $30 on the site. <laughs> and, and what's crazy, here's the crazy part. They don't have to wear their merch. No. Like, CM Punk doesn't have to wear the CM Punk shirt because you know what? They're going to buy all the CM Punk shirts because they want to – oh, it, it's – they – okay. Kenny Omega's a cornball, right? The Young Bucks are absolute cornballs, right? Like, nobody would dispute that. They know that. But their fan base will buy every piece of merch that they never wear. The Young Bucks are going to wear the baby rompers, and Kenny's going to wear the coolest outfit from six years ago. But they're going to buy their merch because they separate the person from the merch. Uh, they just know what they're doing. Oh, my God. I, I Guys, you know me. I'm not AEW apologist guy, but Palms got me started. Like, they know. They just get it. If this is the this is the company for people who were alive for WCW. Because Vince likes to cast WCW as a bunch of Hillbilly also rams who didn't know what they were doing. And I'm 36 and I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. And when I tell you that for a good year and a half, they kicked the territory up north ass. I'm not exaggerating. And he did it by doing things like this. Giving you what you... Here you go. What was the uh, the equivalent of... I think it was the Dynamite before or right after uh, All Out was mm-hmm. the equivalent of the 100th episode of Nitro. Yeah. yeah. It's, they, it's if, it's if uh, Warner never got involved and maybe some other things happened backstage that we don't have enough time for me to whine about. Um, this is the company we could have gotten. This is the company that's treating Sting like Sting. I know what you're going to say. I don't really want to hear it, but you know what I mean, don't you? They, okay. So here's the, the best example I can give of that, right? 
SmackDown was in Knoxville. <laughs> Kane gives Bianca Belair the key to the city. Well, and Bianca not- Belair Kane eats got- a rock bottom. Yeah, you know, maskless Kane. He's never wearing a mask again. Um, <laughs> gives, uh, I'm sorry, Becky gives Bianca a rock bottom to end the show. Now, after the show, Bianca actually had a match with her and won, but Vince has this thing when, when you're in your hometown, you have to look like a jackass, unless you're Mansoor, because, you know, they don't want to get cut on the way out the building. But, yeah, they, they make her look dumb, but on the flip side, AEW has this thing where they really do revere their legends. They treat them like big deals, like people who should be worshipped. Um, and, and granted, like, my thing about Sting is not that Sting isn't like an elder statesman who should I be respected. Want, no one asked you to. No one asked you to expand. I just okay. establish that you've got feelings and move on because I don't. I don't want to get derailed. I got stuff to do today. <laughs> but no, absolutely, they treat Sting like you should treat Sting. Like he was one of the biggest deals ever in this wrestling boom, and people should be afraid of him. When he punches somebody, they should fall immediately because that's what it always was. Like yes. They they understand like how to again they respect their audience like they Aaron, again Aaron starts. The, they get to play with all the buffs on all the time yeah mad finishers mad <laughs> that's exactly what it is <laughs> and that's how it should be damn it um but yeah so what they've done in AEW in a very 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 short amount of time is very impressive uh they've got Two major shows, big shows coming up this week. Grand Slam out of New York. Rampage on the 24th. Dynamite three days before. I think we should talk about Rampage first because even though it comes after technically the undercard, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's start there. Let's start with the matches that are going to be contested on Friday's Rampage, uh, filmed on Wednesday night, of course. I'll uh, we'll start with Anna Jay versus Penelope Ford. and. They're trying. Yeah, so I think that AEW like has work to do in the women's division. What I mean is they're very top heavy in that like Britt Baker, absolutely a big deal. And they treat her like a big deal. Ruby Soho jumps in, um, and you know, automatically like you have a top baby face, like out of nowhere, which is really, really cool. But I think that like they're trying to find the balance in their three hours a week. Like you had a uh, swollen Diamante on dark in like a two out of three falls match. And it's like, yo, like this should probably be on television. Uh, but no, Anna J Penelope Ford. Um, they're trying. And I, I think this match will be just fine. Like it's, you know, regular jealousy feud. Um, they're right. both just fine in the ring. I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be fine. Like, I think that, they are making concerted effort to add personality to their women's division. They got scared a little bit with all the injuries they had off rip. Like, you know, you have Kong can't necessarily go. Nala Rose gets hurt. Uh, Baker gets hurt early. Stat gets hurt early. And so I think they're doing a decent job trying to flesh out these acts. So I think, yeah, that's going to be just fine. Um, I, I do think that they, they have a little bit of an issue with, Yo, we got a lot of blondes. Like Anna J, Penelope Ford, the Bunny, Ty Conti. Um, so I think they need to do a little bit of work. <laughs> yeah, they, they do a little bit of work, maybe you know, and, and they all kind of wear black. <laughs> like, say what you will, say what you will about Vince, he would never let that happen. 
Shit. Um, <laughs> like, no, I, I, I do think Vince was like, yo, Mandy Rose. Um, Guess what? I'm going to yeah. go to these folks. We're going to switch this up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so I think they have a little bit of work to do on that. But I like them trying to flesh out this women's division a little bit. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I hadn't noticed the blonde thing until you said it. Now I can't unsee it. That's horrible. Um, but, but, but in their to their credit, like at the top of the card, um, if you look at their top uh, half, they don't look the same. Like no. Britt doesn't look like Ruby, doesn't like Jade, doesn't look like Red, doesn't look like Stat, doesn't look like Nyla. So, you know, like like the top of half is, is cool, but they got to, yeah, you got got a lot of blondes feuding with blondes because they're blonde. Um, I, think, I do think that it's a good point you made is that they had a lot of injuries early, which did set back the development of the uh, the division. Absolutely, absolutely. And so they are going to be lagging behind this because what's happened on the men's side and the variation that they've unfolded rather quickly is mind blowing. Because we've got the next match of the card is matching your upper card, your lower card in a beautiful way. Lucha Brothers and Santana Ortiz versus the Hardy Family Office, Private Party, Butcher and the Blade, eight man tag. I love professional wrestling. Yeah, I think. Um... So it'll it'll never make air because I didn't know how to record on Skype. Um, but before the good brother Malcolm Bivens was signed to NXT, we did uh, an interview for the Torch, and he was just hyping up LAX. You know, back when they were LAX, and, and just was super complimentary of them. Um, Private Party has been like a pleasant surprise. Like those kids can really, really move. Um, Butcher and the Blade, I'm sure that the Butcher is 92 years old. Like I said, he did three tours in Nam uh, on Wednesday. Um, but I think him and the Blade are just fine. Now, of course, Pence is really, really, really good. Ray Phoenix is water palm. Like when I watched Lucha Underground for the first time and saw then Prince Puma, but uh, Ricochet. I was like, this is the smoothest wrestler I've ever seen, ever in life. Everything he does is effortless and looks great. And then I saw Ray Phoenix. Um, nobody's better. Now, I'm not saying he's the best wrestler I've ever seen, but the aesthetic that AEW wants to produce, there's just nobody better. And so uh, somebody in the comments was like, get rid of these long-ass tag matches. While I hear oh. like – these guys doing it like I, I'm not the biggest Bucks fan, Um, even though I think that Matt Jackson, I, I severely underrated his athleticism. I do think he's really, really good. But no, if I'm going to have this 20 minute tag match, if Ray Phoenix is in it, I'm watching every minute. Like, yeah, if Ray Phoenix is in it, make it a 40 minute match. He he's, he's too good. He's too good at this. So, like he's so they got a lot of people who are so fun to watch, but he's so fun. And so you get him, his brother and LAX against these private party kids who can just go. And again, Butcher and the Blade are just fine. But you got six people in there who can wrestle for 20 minutes nonstop. It's going to be crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this for the spectacle. Absolutely. The only AEW show I've been to is the Atlanta show that ended with uh, Cody doing the moonsault off the top of the cage. But on that card was Lucha Brothers versus Kenny and Hangman. And when I tell you, I've never seen anything like it. It was, and to the point where I re I've rewatched All Out a couple times, I've rewatched that tag match more than I'd like to admit. This is also good. Like, like, and it's weird to say, like, Hangman is like, I say Hangman like JR. Like, he's 
the quote unquote least athletic person in like that type of match, but he's great. But he's great. Oh, like yeah. yeah, they the athleticism is just off the charts and they are never afraid of showing too much because they'll always show it to you again. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh next listed on the card, I'm not sure when it's gonna fall. It's the lights out match. Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer versus Moxley and Kingston. Kev, okay, so the way I salute you for having parlayed yourself into all these different things, John Moxley has somehow just convinced him, like, yeah, let me just wrestle fantasy matches from from Japan. Like, what, really? Like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You don't want to be involved in any big storylines? No, 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 just, just, we'll just start, keep grabbing folks. I'll just keep wrestling matches I want to wrestle. My favorite, and it's recent, but my anecdote about Moxley is this. So, Moxley comes out on All Out uh, in a GCW hoodie. Do you recall that? I do. Did you notice the bleach stain on his hoodie? No. Here's why I noticed the bleach stain. Because the good homie AJ Gray was like, Moxley is wearing my hoodie on All Out that he took from the show last night. Moxley is doing whatever he wants to do. Like, he is just everywhere. Like like you said, he's in Japan. He's on the indies. He's at the crib with his super journalist wife. Like, he's doing everything he wants to do. And, right, like, here's something that uh, isn't necessarily WWE's fault, but is a real, like, fear. So, my also, my, my good friend, the wrestling otaku, some of you know him, um, isn't the biggest WWE fan. What is the opposite of the putting yourself over Bell? Like, if you guys have listened to the podcast for a while, if someone would name drop like Cam just tried to, I would ring a bell for them putting themselves over. But I, I, I moved and I misplaced the bell. But also, the like, is, go ahead, you can go. AJ, I would have had you with the bell. Otaku, I'd have been like, is there an air horn? What do I do? What's the opposite of admitting you, you shouldn't admit you know someone? The best part is when I when I do these streams, I'll put up like the stream starting soon graphic and I'll just play an otaku video in the background. So everybody has to hear it. Um, that happened today. But um, one of his complaints about Biggie winning the title was what did they do with Lashley now? And while I don't agree with the complaint, I think that's a bigger indictment on WWE than anything, because yeah. the the assumption is that because you're not feuding for the title, mm-hmm. you're automatically getting way pushed down. I'm like, no. Lashley would be fine. Like he's gonna feud with Goldberg. Like they they had no. him lose. You know what they're gonna do with Lashley? You know yeah. what? If they do this thing that I, this is a free idea. This is this is what they should do. Free Get game. it to someone. This is free. The only way you can defend breaking up the hurt business when you did is the idea that you wanted them to get a hot reaction from a live crowd. Because I don't know if it's an act, they still would have the scene they will have if you do a reunion versus the New Day. Yo, they had MVP on the plane next to Shelton. Man, my brain went to braining and I was like, okay, there's a way you can salvage a lot of the things I don't like about this show right now. Yeah. I was mad when they broke him up, but there was also some some next, there was some next level Jedi shit where it's like we broke them up because we did we wanted to give them a reintroduction in front of a live crowd as an antagonist to Big E. What if Kofi and, and X get sent over to SmackDown in this draft, and now it's Big E versus the Hurt Business? Now it's old school 1980s WWE booking hero versus faction. I'm very happy 
with this portion of the conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, shout out to yeah, and and said uh, said absolutely tweeted about needing backup. Palm, you can't see it because we're on stream, but I'm showing everybody. Uh, my man Jared Fialco, uh, my other favorite journalist, went to All Out and got Swole to sign a picture saying, "To guilty Cam, you are forever guilty." Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. Oh, anyway, but no, they they were so good. Like it made sense. Like Shelton, I don't mean to get too far off topic here, but yeah, Shelton being muscle, Sid being the young hothead, you know, them putting them kids in suits, MVP being the mastermind. I would love to see that. Like treat that, treat them like Sting. I guess is the I word I'm gonna say. <laughs> Let's go back to Rampage. Uh, after the feature match of John Moxley doing continuing to do whatever the hell he wants, he got Eddie Kingston a job on television. It's incredible. Um, during a pandemic, like okay, anyway. Uh, CM Punk, Powerhouse Hobbs. This escalated quickly. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I tweeted this. I don't know whose decision it was to make Hobbs a heel, but he's so good. He's it was a so fantastic good. decision. <laughs> Like he's uh, and again, I, I love being able to talk with you because not only are you like well versed in this stuff, but when we talk about different body types, you've seen them all by playing ball. He's country strong like that's bales of hay strong. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it's a different build. He has just the, a permanent screw face. He has airbrushed overalls and like he did the CM Punk uh, cross sit. Like we do this thing and not everybody knows about this. So again, inside baseball, but myself, uh, Alexis Littlefoot, uh, wrestling content creator and merch designer, uh, Suge Dunkerton, uh, wrestling journeyman, indie extraordinaire. I wonder and... if I have time to edit in bells. I don't know. Huh? I wonder if I have time to edit in bells. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to name drop. Um, but also, um, yeah, Jay Rose, um, uh, IWTV superstar, Paradigm Pro Wrestling producer. We all got together and we were like, guys, like we we have to do a thing, right? It was it was during the uh, the Big Swole Diamante match. It was like, guys, like these black wrestlers are so good and we need to advocate for them. Like we have to, because if we don't do it, who will, you know, we'll just keep going in a cycle. If they're doing important things, they should be treated as important. And this, so that's how we came up with the hashtag black wrestling draws. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally it was about wrestlers who weren't on TV, who should be on TV. It kind of escalated to, Hey, this person is on TV. You should be watching this. So like the thing with Hobbs is like, guys, are you, have you watched this organically? Like it's out of nowhere, but it's so good. Um, and, and the fact that I don't know who pointed it out, but they did a great job in doing it. This is CM Punk's second match. Like, thank you. CM Punk understands that this is a big deal and this guy is good. It's somebody he should work with. This is who, you know, he can boost and can also help him. And yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see it. There's no way Hobbs wins, of course, because no, no, that's not no. the trajectory, but he's big, he's strong, he's nasty. In in a in a business that right now doesn't have a lot of big strong nasty guys, particularly like, a, co- a company in particular. When Wardlow's yeah. your big dude, like go on guys. 
I, I'm, I'm super excited. I, his growth has been great. And he was really good white meat baby face. But, like, no, this is I me. Think, I think this is really important because, one, like you said, CM Punk's putting over Hobbs by having this be a second match. Two, he's putting over Rampage by doing this on a Friday. And three, he's actually putting Hobbs over as a heel. Because say what you will about the machine, Brian Cage, and da, da, da. That betrayal angle doesn't work because no one believes Cage is a face. Yeah, he's, I mean, the biggest detriment about him is, so, Paul, I never saw him before the muscles. Me neither. He was just whole milk CM Punk. That, that, that was who he was. And so, me knowing that now, I understand why he does all the wrestling, why he does the flips and the dives and the crazy holds, because, like, he wasn't muscle guy from the beginning, so his mindset isn't that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, nobody feels like he was slighted because that's not what he gives off. Um, so now, yeah, we need to move on to a thing that feels important. Um, yeah. And, you know, Hobbs not respecting Punk and wanting that spot. It feels so organic. And he was tweeting Biggie lyrics to that man. Like, Hobbs isn't our age, I don't think. Like, <laughs> I hate it when you put it like that because you're so right. Yeah, because we wouldn't even really do that. You know what I mean? Like, we would go a bit younger. But, like, it's just like, oh, he's that guy. Like, he's old soul guy. Um, and again, he's old soul guy now. now. Yeah. So fun. Like, I'm I'm very excited to see that. Like, black wrestling absolutely draws. Um, It draws more when you got good black wrestlers. And he's absolutely one of them, for sure. Another good black wrestler from the next match on the card. Love a segue. The men of the year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page taking on Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. And I was, I mm-hmm, am going to try to be positive about this match, but I am very upset with what's happening with Scorpio Sky. I'm very upset with the treatment of the character. Um, what was that ladder match? The brass ring match? That amounted to nothing. Um, but they did pair him with possibly the best heel in AEW and Dan Lambert. When Dan Lambert says to the crowd eventually, the Rick and Morty line, I don't care if you boo, I've seen what you cheer. I'm going to lose my mind because that's the energy he's carrying to every promo. It is. It's hard to talk about what Dan Lambert does because I understand exactly what he's going for. You know what I mean? Like I, I get what he's trying to do. I think it works, um, especially with a live crowd, but I'm just like, dude, like I, I, I don't need this. You know what I mean? And again, like right. you and I are, different people than the people that he's talking to and some people absolutely fit the bill of, of what he's saying but i'm just like dude like i i you're not upsetting me by the things you're saying i'm, but, I'm a real but he person is definitely upsetting people we know yeah but and, and what's weird about it is like he he's in the ring with like these world-renowned fighters you know like like super tough guys who have, have made their living and have made a name being the toughest men in the world. And then you have people I like in Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky <laughs> in capris and flat bottom shoes. Like it's just. But that's the event. That's the eventual split is where he's eventually going to call wrestling fake and be with the guys and they're going to turn face by turning on him. Like that's yeah, how this. That's yeah, how this. I, like I, I yeah they they've absolutely like you make promises and you don't follow through with them. Like they absolutely had a good thing going with Scorpio sky filling in for, was it, uh, was it Chrissy filled in for a cast who was hurt at the beginning? Uh, it was Chris, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. So filling in for him, becoming the first, you know, champ, like, and it was a good story. And then you have him get, you know, beat the fucking Sonic level and get the big ring and then just kind of get cast aside. But one thing about those two, they do all of the wrestling in Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And I have my qualms about Chris Jericho and Jake Hager being the guys to speak out against things being like the white man's establishments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jericho's Jericho's promo was very much like I was like, wait a second. Are you the face? Yeah. That one yeah. line was unacceptable in 2021. Yeah, yeah. They okay. I get it. I understand. Like again, I understand what they're going for. Yeah, um you're not the target. Yeah. I, I think that AEW did a very good job in like there are people who will never who will never boo Chris Jericho. And you know what? That's fine. Like he's done enough, more than enough, and been good for way longer than most people have been good. Mm-hmm. Um, to where like he's going to be a face in their hearts. Um, him not winning but surviving the feud with MJF was very important. Um, and so, you know, him being the voice to speak out in favor of what pro wrestling is, I get that. It's just you know, Jake Hager kind of also being the messenger, but those two being of an advanced age, being a bit more limited against like kids, for lack of a better way of saying it, in Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, who can do all these amazing things. Eh, it's it's all a little tone deaf. I think it'll be fun to see, but I'm just like, nah, eh, okay. I, which is why I think the, the men of the year go over, personally. No reason not to. Like again, like there's there's nowhere for Jake Hager to go. There's no way there's no way Jericho needs to go. Like exactly, he's established. He's they're right at the car. They're right in the place in the car where they need to be, putting over younger talent. The nicest thing I could ever say about Chris Jericho is that since about 2005, wins and losses have not mattered for him. No. Here's here's the nice thing I can say about Chris Jericho. Until 2016, I could make a very strong case for him being on your Mount Rushmore. For sure. For sure. Like, again, like he, no matter what happened at the pay-per-view, he could come out the next night and get all the heat back. Um, Whatever just, you need to do. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's um and, and uh, transitions being transitions. I'm not going to steal your transition, but, um, you know, him and him and Christian were kind of on that level where no matter what we're doing here, we can get it back. We can always get it back. It's right there. If you need me to be world champ, great. If you need me to lose to the world champ, great. If you need me to be the greatest intercontinental champ or the greatest U.S. champ, great. I can do it. I'm right here. I'm your utility guy. We got you. Cammy said I'll get Fandango over and he fucking did it. Um, but I'm not gonna. I did waste your transition. I apologize because we are gonna talk about the main event of Rampage. Christian Cage, bonafide first bout Hall of Famer. He reminds you every week how good he is. Alongside Jurassic Express, Lucha Boy and Luchasaurus, or Jungle Boy Luchasaurus, excuse me, Jungle Boy, who actually you watch get better every time he wrestles, which is wild. Every time. Every it's time. wild. And they're taking on the super click, and it's Adam Cole. It's the Young Bucks. It's three-fourths of Mount Rushmore. I don't know what to do. Did you – you don't understand, like – so I'm somebody who didn't see Adam Cole until NXT. Okay. Um, but I knew who Adam Cole was. You know how fucking hard I popped when he said super click? Like, no. 
<laughs> I don't know if that's what they've called themselves before. I assume it's it is. They called themselves Ring of Honor. I was they like, apparently, they apparently filed the trademark last week. Yo, it's it's like <laughs> it's so cool. It's so cool. And again, I, I'm not a Young Bucks guy, but I'm like Adam Cole is the best professional wrestler who would be a D3 D tackle. Hmm. The best. He's 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 so good at every single thing except being big. And you can't teach big, you know, like so what? He's the biggest piece of shit. Like Palm, I don't have trouble gathering words. I've never had trouble with that. When it's time to talk about Adam Cole, it's hard for me to gather exactly what I want to say about Adam Cole. Because um, it's hard I to believe... it's hard to describe magic. Like it's and I say that like half jokingly, but when you talk about Adam Cole, you the, the reference point is pre-injury Shawn Michaels. And yeah, for people who didn't see that or don't appreciate that, it's a different thing than the thing you think you know. Like you're like, oh, this guy's an evolutionary Shawn Michaels. Like, no, he's not. Oh, this guy is the new Ju-. No, he's not. 1994 to 1996, Shawn Michaels is an animal, the likes of which you've never seen in a professional wrestling ring. And the closest we've ever gotten, and I'm talking about the full package, the in-ring work, the character work, the keeping the crowd in the palm of your hand over a long period of time work. Adam Cole, baby. It's absurd. If Adam Cole had Shelton Benjamin's body, he'd be a billionaire. Like, he just, Palm, what do they call it? They call it want to. That's what Bo calls it, right? <laughs> Adam Cole has the most want to ever. And, and like all due respect to guys like Johnny Gargano, who I think is is very, very good. There's just something different when you watch it. Like Gargano can do every single wrestling thing you can think of. But when Adam Cole does it, it just counts more. Like it's no one was hurt more by the pandemic than Adam Cole. Yeah. Because he hit the peak of that fishbowl, but so many other people were hitting the peak of that fishbowl. You're like, oh, maybe, maybe Adam Cole isn't a big deal. And then you think back to the first time we've had him on NXT television, which was NXT Brooklyn takeover right after Drew McIntyre won the title. He comes out, he super kicks him, he's at the top of the ramp, there's still rolling tape, and hits him with the very first ever on camera. Adam Cole, baby, and WWE, and the entire Brooklyn crowd did it. They knew. They, they knew. knew then. He then went to what I'm calling now pro wrestling finishing school for four years, where he learned at the heel of actual Shawn Michaels. I Triple H um, is like Get just better, Triple most- H fascinating yeah yeah heal up my man he's the most fascinating person in wrestling to me because triple h did what what a lot of people do which is if you have the ear of your employer and you want the best spot at your job you will call out and accentuate and you know expose all of the things that your peers do that your boss may not like. Hey, Booker T's a thug. Hey, 
RVD smokes too much weed. Hey, Austin's in his own head. Triple H did all these things to make Triple H better. But when Triple H got the ball and got the book, all these things that Triple H apparently, like CM Punk, skinny fat. All these things that Triple H pointed out that he doesn't think would succeed in wrestling, he knows those guys have good wrestling. Triple H had black guys in prominent positions, little guys in prominent positions, mm-hmm. potheads in prominent positions, because Triple H might be a piece of shit, but he's not actually, you know, a racist and, and a bigot and all that stuff. He just knew that his boss would respond to it. Triple H looked at Adam Cole and said, yo, that's that's little Sean. And mm-hmm. I'm going to push little Sean as far as I can. Palm. He beat Daniel Bryan clean going into Survivor Series on SmackDown in one of the best TV matches ever. Cam, it was like, SmackDown. It's important. You know, it was SmackDown, but it's important you say it more cleanly. On free fucking television. Straight up. And then had him do, uh, you know, like a, a schmoz with Seth. Then the three days later, but like, because he knew, like, guys, I, I don't get to do this on the show that we do because it's like a, a current event thing. But guys, Adam Cole is so good. Um, I, I have been, if you can watch anything, if I recommend anything that you go and watch, go to Twitter and search Adam Cole and Twan, T-W-A-N. Adam Cole went to Johnny Gargano's school. Um, shout out to my man, PB Smooth, who was in the uh, shot, hit the bell palm, um, goes to Adam Cole's school, buys the students pizza and tells them why they'll never make it and tells Twan specifically to give up the dream. You can't be this. It is just a master class in being a piece of shit. A- Adam Cole is that guy. And like, we're getting like excessive Adam Cole now in a good way. Like he's totally a piece of shit and he gets to be a piece of shit and tells Tony Schiavone don't talk to my girl and uh, I'm I'm very happy with where we are with Adam Cole um again the Bucks are the Bucks they do what they do and it's just fine but dude we're getting Adam Cole Jungle Boy Christian Cage Matt Jackson doing the wrestling uh, I'm so happy I'm so happy it's gonna be a lot of fun. Adam Cole, I need you to make those trunks about less heavy, but less busy by half. I don't need those fingers oh, in the back. I mean, he's with his boys again, man. You know, he's with the romper boys. Like he's all excess right now. By design <laughs> and just saying no to nothing. Yeah, man, we'll put the fingers in the back. Why not? Sure, that makes fun sense. Ugh. Anyway. Let's move to the main event, the top of the card. I think it's happening Wednesday. Dynamite. And this is something that kind of blows me away in that the show got so much better during the pandemic. Yeah. Because I think their logistics got so much simpler, they were able to focus on writing a wrestling show. And go ahead. Yeah, I mean, just the... Having your own building counts for a lot, but also like like any of WWE had their own building, but it's also like I think that WWE, as soon as everything opened up, they abandoned some of the things that made them so good during that run. Like if you look at what 
Lashley, Bailey, Oscar, Sasha, and Roman did during that time. Like so much of it was character and promo and emoting. And, you know, when the room got big again, they went away from those things. Um, but AEW was like, we're at Daily's place. We're going to be here. We're going to let people in and we're going to focus on this show and on these characters and what they do. They did not deviate from that when things opened back up. Right. So, yeah, like it, it, it has, they really did gain ground during that time, um, but kept it and, and did not go away from the character work that made them good when things got open again. Absolutely. And this past, this coming Wednesday, we're going to get first match out of the, out of the, uh, the gate. Ryan Pillman Jr. versus MJF. And again, I am a wrestling fan of a certain age. I remember where I was when Pillman got a go. Um, this is fucking crazy to me. You want to feel old? <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Want to feel old? Like, no, yeah. We we are of that time where um, Hollywood Blonde was before, a little bit before my time. Mm, yeah. Um, when I really, but I did know Fly and Brian. When I really started to see Pillman was when he was non-heart guy in the Heart Foundation. See, like, I was I, have, I was um, a little before you because I was a horseman Pillman. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's but I went back and watched it all. And yeah. you know, there's just um I I love talking to football guys. Like Paul. <laughs> you absolutely know white safety. Like white Here, safety. Bro, is, I know the kid I know the kid who played safety and by the scene by senior year, he was playing defensive end because he switched with three three five. I know he, this kid. I can I can I may text him after this podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, like white safety is just built different. Um, he's playing a position traditionally not for him, but why can he play it? Fucking tenacity, and not not Jim Rat works hard. Like, no, he's a nasty motherfucker. So like, Pillman, you know, being like, <laughs> what was Pillman like? He's what a solid five eight. Like he Bro, wasn't. Every super time tough. they're like, he's a safety. I'm like. Football's changed a lot. Yeah, just, just <laughs> Sid didn't want smoke with him. And I'm not saying Sid's tough guy, but once you get to be certain muscle guy, like you, you don't have to be tough. You can occupy enough space. Pillman was a crazy person who could do everything and nobody ever wanted smoke with him. And like his kid is a wrestler now and quiet is kept. Um, he almost didn't make it um from people i've talked to but is doing great for himself right now and seems to belong you know what i mean so yeah i mean and, and again some of it's just genetics right you come from a guy who could do anything you come from nfl talent not nfl size and so you succeeding in this space is really interesting um i have to be careful because sometimes you say nice things and they get too nice but i, I find it MJF has a mind for this business in that he knows who to work with and who to work around when, you know, like to transition from Chris Jericho, one of the biggest names in this business to picking a fight with a guy who is not on your level reputation and pop popularity wise, but to make it seem important is a really big deal. Um, I think this is going to be, you know, a match that you're going to see again in five years and it's going to matter so much more. Cam, this is how you do a hometown. It, it's, 
it's so much it just it's so easy it's so stupid like we just talked about that with bianca but like you want to see how you book someone in the hometown brian pillman jr it was a layup they did it beautifully and and now he's gonna lose to mjf and he's gonna be bigger for it yeah he's gonna and he's gonna put on a good show he's gonna lose probably on some bullshit and he's gonna sit in that ring for a minute and then he's gonna get the cheers. Like I, it just, it just works. They just, yeah. It, it like you said, it's simple. This is not rocket science. Wrestling. Oh, the slow play, the slow play Wardlow turning on MJF storyline is. Yeah. This has been what two years now. It's fantastic. Yeah, and then right here in the chat, my man Chris is saying folks say Wardlow will betray MJF. I mean, yeah, I think I think the Wardlow who is still rough around the edges. Um, from what I've seen from him, he's good. Like he's already bigger than better than Hager. Oh, like we ain't saying a whole lot, but when they got in the ring together, I'm like, one of you has been doing this for greater than a decade. So I was getting at putting myself over belt. I was at the Atlanta uh, Dynamite where it was Cody and Wardlow. I think it was like Wardlow's like second match, the cage match, right? The cage match. Mm-hmm. He did fine. I remember distinctly trying to be the curmudgeonly dickhead and be like. Let's see where he's green. And Cody's also a very good wrestler and probably carried him a lot. But like, he was able to he 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 played the notes he was supposed to play. Yeah, I'm going to be a base and do a good job at it. And he was great. It was a fantastic match. Um, literally, the and we'll talk about him later. But this is where Cody peaked. Um, it was played perfectly. <laughs> it was played perfectly. A uh, great match. Great reaction. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about him next, Cody Malachi Black. Um, Tommy N's been working his way through anyone who calls Cody Rhodes a friend. And now he's back where he started after Rosario Dawson tried to uh, rear naked choke him on Dynamite last week. Uh, or was that or was a ramp? It doesn't matter. It happened last week. But yeah, uh, Cam, Cody Rhodes is about to put over Tom. So this is what Cody Rhodes does. He gets taken out. He goes, films a show. He comes back and gets his heat back. He doesn't always win, but he tries to get the heat back. Do, do you see him picking up the win here? And, or or does it even matter because Cody's that? Cody's just right now the swinging door to the upper middle, upper mid card. He's getting his face kicked off again. Thank you. Thank um, you. I don't mind when MJF insults me. I mind when MJF calls Rosario Dawson mid. My my, my brother, you can't. This is not now, the personal airing of grievances. Now, Rosario Dawson absolutely wore a Nightmare Factory jacket. I don't know. I mean, she dates Cory Booker, so. That's her anyway. co-worker, dude. That's her co-worker. Ah, fucking yes. But you want to talk about a miss? Like an actual let's miss? Talk about, let's talk about an actual miss. I, I don't. And again, like WWE is its own ecosystem. Things work. Things don't. But. Boy, how do you miss on Black, man? Like you had the next Undertaker. You, you, know, had- you know, you know, you know, it's a bit a worse miss than you think. Go ahead. Go watch, go watch that first UK special in his entrance. Go watch it before they change him to Alistair Black. He's still Tommy fucking in. And watch what they watch how he's treated. And that it is. Uh, I watched it recently because I was like, uh, dude, I can't. Again, I cannot believe they fumbled Tommy in. You just had to, huh? And 
Yeah, it's just the biggest miss. And I think that there's something special about a guy who gets his eye hurt in one company and carries it over to another. Just attention to detail. Like, uh, not to get back on Adam Cole, but Adam Cole did like the post all out scrum and didn't have a bad word to say about WWE. Same with Black. Like, they appreciate their time there, probably made them more money than they've ever seen in their lives. And instead of being bitter guy with the chip on my shoulder, I'm going to keep practicing my art. And there, there's something about like a deer skull. <laughs> like, he's been great. Again, anybody who's associated with Cody Rhodes who thinks that that's the past, he has decimated. Um, I, I can't say enough good. Cody being like this white knight is a whole different story in and of itself, but Black being the person to say, this is not the way it should go. I'm the way it should go, and I'm going to show you. I think is great. Um, Cody is, you know, at one point was my favorite wrestler. Um, when he had the mask and right there outside of the mask, I thought he was doing just this amazing work. And if nothing else, Cody is going to make the other guy look good. Um, what he did for Brody before Brody passed, uh, just amazing. Yeah, I think that he's going to get more offense in. I think he's getting his fucking face kicked off. And they, we could do a whole nother conversation about why Cody is not clicking as a baby face, but I won't pretend like Cody's not a big deal in Cody's company. So I think it's going to be really good, but he's absolutely going to go film some TV because his face is getting fucking kicked off on Wednesday. Cody Rhodes is a year back at me um, in uh, high school, and he went to, I believe, Walker. Yeah, I think he went to Walker. He's a wrestler. He finished second in the, what was it? The, it was some invitational my my senior year, his junior year, and his dad was there. And I went up and shook his hand and said, I'm a huge fan. And uh, yeah, he lost to my teammate in the finals, but I think it's the bell. Oh, no, no. I'm saying all that to say this. <laughs> He's been wanting to do this his entire life. And I don't mean be a professional wrestler. I mean be his dad. And like, just who put himself over, but I'm the most famous athlete in America. And like, that's kind of what Cody wants now. Like, who works for Gimmick Magic? Who works for Shaq, Cody? And there's something in my mind okay with that because, yes, he is the it's his company and he could book himself a certain way. And all he does right now is kind of use that. Who hasn't he put over to good acclaim? Yeah, I, I think there this is, is not a Cody apology hour. I'm just, I've been trying to reckon with how I think about Cody Rhodes. So is it, I'm not saying it's selfish, right? Cause Cody, like Cody consciously took himself out of the main event, but is also doing main events. Like right. <laughs> I'm not going to be the champion, but I'm going to do this. But no, I, I think so. I think Cody, watch. Yeah. He understands that legacy is built on moments, not reigns. And so he's doing this thing where new guy comes in. I'm going to make him look like a big deal. I'm never going to be at the bottom of the card because people know where I stand. So 
yeah, Cody gets to do the big promo work. Um, I, I think that his only real miss in AEW has been Anthony Agogo. I think he should have lost that match. Um, yes. But, um, you know, I, I think that he has what he did with Brody great. What he did with the TV title, uh, TNT title, you know, while he was doing the every week challenge, he made a lot of people look really important. Um, but yeah, I, I think that he's back on track doing what he's supposed to do. But like you said, Cody is like, Cody wants to be media guy. Cody's not necessarily wants to be like wrestling guy. I think that the best thing Cody's ever done in wrestling was his dad's hall of fame speech. Hmm. Like, I just think that if you listen to him talk, then he just blows it out of the water, has an understanding of at least at that point could really read a room. I think that an issue we all face Palm is that when we get too much time in front of people, they get too much of us. And Mm -hmm. so he's had some missteps, but no, I think that's the best thing he's ever done. But I think that Cody knows at his heart that the best thing that he can do is help. And this is going to put Malachi Black right there prominently toward the main event. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see it because, again, Cody's good at the wrestling. Malachi Black is really good at the wrestling. So this should be fun. All right, look. I relate to the FTR because I, too, grew up on NWA and WCW and good old-fashioned tag team wrestling. I also relate to FDR because I know that they've been marking out since they heard about this match because they get the wrestle sting on TNT. And I'm also very aware that everyone else is watching this match to see how Darby does and what Darby does. But your boy, D-Bomb, this is an FTR versus Sting handicap match. I want them to put Darby through the table early and let's get the business for business going. Let me give me Sting versus New Horsemen. So he can be betrayed once again. I saw a picture of him backstage with Ric Flair and screamed, Sting, no, have you learned nothing? And then that dark side of the ring aired, and I figured we won't see Flair backstage anytime soon. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Now, Paul. Yes. I don't know if you know this about me, but Uh, I have an affinity for five foot nine muscle guys. (laughs) That's, That's about the land where I operate it. Um, yeah, FTR, um, oh boy, guys, if you haven't seen any of it, please go watch some revival American Alpha matches, um, in NXT. They're just the best things ever. Uh, my, my, my podcasting partner, Travis Bryant, affectionately refers to them as fake ass Arn Andersons. Um, he does not mean it as a compliment. It's absolutely a compliment. Um, those guys are so good and so thorough and so crisp. And I think somebody said it in the chat. Um, I don't know if Kofi said it or somebody else, but uh, somebody will remind me. But I do also like five nine muscle women, J Ray. Thank you so much. Um, that's, but, that's where I thought you were going originally, honestly. I, no, 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 no. I'm, 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> somebody, my man Andy resubscribed. Uh, shout out to WrestleJoy. But uh, no, 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 no. Um, they are just so crisp and so thorough. And somebody said, like, tag team wrestling is the best athletic example of pro wrestling. And these are the type of people who make me inclined to agree. Um, and the best thing about it, like, for whatever I think about Sting, we would all agree that Sting is, you know, up there as far as age goes. He's limited in what he's going to be able to do. But 
if you can put him in there with anybody who's going to make it look good, it's these guys. Like, And, and they're going to care about making Sting look good. Like, If someone's going to care, it's these two. Students of the game, baby. Like, They respect the history. And even if they didn't care, even if they didn't care, who's in their corner to make sure they care? Telly oh, fucking Blanchard. <laughs> like, no, it's just... And then Darby is... So the first time I got wrestling palm, like really understood what I was watching Um, from a standpoint of I can bring somebody who's never watched wrestling Mm -hmm. and have them come over and watch this thing. And I know they'll get it. Jeff Hardy, Undertaker, ladder match for the WWE title on Raw. It is maybe it's not is it the best pro wrestling match ever from like a technical standpoint absolutely not but is it maybe the best story i've ever seen told as a one-off i think it is it is absolutely phenomenal television match absolutely absolutely it is underdog versus force of nature doing everything they can like it's it's the best anime you've ever seen right um, it, it's just fantastic. But I think Darby Allen does this thing where he captures the best parts of Jeff Hardy, but even more so visually in being like legitimately small. Um, we talked about Brian Cage not necessarily being like this baby face, but Brian Cage maybe did his best work being the guy who has the creator wrestler move set against Darby Allen, who will fucking take it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so Darby Allen is gonna get the shit beat out of him. Sting is going to get in some of the best punches to make you like you got shot. And do they probably win? Yes. But FTR is just going to do so much in this match. And Darby Allen's going to do so much. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, Gosh, am I did I just say I'm really excited to watch a Sting match? Oh, my God. Because you're a man happening? with a pulse. You're a human yeah, being no, with a pulse. Yeah. It's I might wear my Sting, one of my Sting T-shirts. I'm actually I'm going to put my Sting pin on my shirt today just because I have an NWO Wolfpack. Uh, shout out to WCW Worldwide, my man Brian. Hit the bell palm. Um, I'm gonna put that on something. I'm gonna wear it today. It's gonna be fantastic. Delightful. Some see, old D Palm would have made a brunch joke right then, but I'm not going to right now. Um, the penultimate match: Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, the women's AEW Women's World Champion versus Ruby Soho, and Say what you will about the emergence and development and growth of this division. Ruby Soho can wrestle her fucking ass off. And y'all gonna have to keep up. I am not an I told you so guy. But um, when the Riot Squad first went uh, to the main roster, what I said was WWE has their next Natalia in that you have the glue of the division right here. Somebody who can, and, and and guys, hear me out. I don't know what Becky Lynch's best match is, but SummerSlam, Becky Lynch, Natalia, no DQ is her favorite match that I remember watching. Um, it, it was just fantastic. Natalia is absolutely the glue of the women's division. Um, in that she can wrestle for the title. She can wrestle in a tag team. She can wrestle your up-and-coming star. Whatever you need to do, she can do that. And I was like, yo, Ruby Riot at the time is that 
for you guys now. Like you have the person who can be the glue for the next 10 years, wrestle anybody, feud with anybody, make everybody look good. Letting go of her was cr- – and outside of that, and, and all due respect to Natalia, Ruby Riot has a unique look that you don't have on the roster that people will gravitate toward. And granted, I think that they realized that with Shotzi and, and have her on the main roster for – partly because of that reason. She's also really good. But I was like, yo, you have her. How can you let this person go? Like that was your glue. That was the person who was going to solidify this. Um, you look at the promos that she did uh, on her way to AEW, like really, really fun, right? So now you have her and Britt Baker, and like you said, Pump, she can fucking wrestle. Like you have, like Ty Conti has absolutely come up, right? Jade Cargill, work in progress. Swole, been wrestling for a long time, is good. Stat, really good. Nyla, really good. But you do have a lot of people on that roster who are figuring out how to wrestle. They immediately brought somebody in who can wrestle anybody. Like, yeah. Like, um, why is Cap Brett Baker's not have that much time in the ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like really, she really. And, and Brenna has come up as a champion in a short period of time, for sure. Um, but yeah, you 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 have somebody you brought in immediately who can do all the wrestling, who your audience knows from American television. Like, it's really, really good, for sure. Now, we'll say this, um, and J-Ray brought it up, and I even said it in the moment, like, boy, the misogyny ain't going nowhere, Palm. It ain't leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, We don't got to know she's fucking somebody backstage. Like, we know, but don't make it. She was on before he was in. Like, we don't have to do that. Like, I, I, I get it, but... I, I would love to see your progressive wrestlers talk progressively. That was very you know unnecessary. You know what's wild is that in the same taping day, what the same day of air, um, Christian was like, Adam Cole, you've got great best friends. They even gave you, got you out of developmental finally. Like, that's a way to reference the backstage stuff without being like, you're yes. only here because you're fucking Adam Cole. Like, ah, like, and, I, and yeah, you're 100% right. Like, it's, Another thing where I think you and I have watched this enough and have made enough excuses for it in our lives that it's hard, it's more glaring for us when we see the big steps back. And maybe that's our quote-unquote enlightened perspective, but mm. also we're, we're men of a certain age. We're just like, you know what? We don't need to be – it doesn't need to be that. Yeah, and I mean, and, and granted, like, I and mean, we have to say this part, it got the reaction they wanted it to. Exactly. And, and Britt – it, it, in, in fairness, Britt's reaction to it was like, all right, I see what it is. Like, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm hurt. How dare you say it? It well, was like, so this is the right. difference, I think. I think Vince would be saying, here's what you're going to say. Don't tell her you're going to say it. Because I want the real reaction. And this was like, <laughs> no, man, this is – real reactions aren't fun. This is a fucking show. Like, here's what I'm going to say. You got to yeah. be able to roll with this when you hear it. Let's do this. Yeah, so. and, and, but – at its at its base though, like like taking like that aside, I like a woman wrestler saying, I don't know if you can go. We're gonna see if you can go. Like that's cool as shit, right? Like like you take away that part. Um, I have my theory that the AEW EVPs are misogynist. I mean, they are a bunch of white guys. Uh, but anyway, I digress. A woman telling another woman, I don't know if you can go. Like. Probably my favorite short-term women's feud in the last few years was uh, Shayna and Bianca. So uh, Bianca is touted as, you know, 
the EST, the fastest, the strongest, all that. And Shayna was like, yo, I understand you're fast. I understand you're strong, all this and that. Don't matter if you can't breathe. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. Like, yo, like, yeah. Like, I, I love a woman suggesting that another woman can't fuck with her in the ring. Not I'm a bigger superstar than you. Not I'll outshine you. Yo, I think I can just fuck you up. Like, I love that. And so, yeah, Ruby saying, I got the wrestling. We're going to see if you got it. I'm sold. I'm sold. And, and what is she going to do, Palm? Do I think she's going to all of a sudden beat Britt Baker off rip? I don't think so. However, you are going to see Britt Baker do more of the wrestling than you've ever seen her do. And I'm here for it, man. Again, they went out. And I think Stat also fits this. I think Sheeta also fits this. But you got glue, man. Glue is so important when it comes to your wrestling. All of a sudden, you got somebody who can wrestle anybody on your card and make them all look good. And this is going to be good. Bro, Stat's so good. I forgot how good she was when she got hurt, man. Stat's fan. Yeah. Another thing about them, I, I want to point this out, too. Um, They have done this thing where they got a bunch of women with different body types. Yeah. And I think Especially that's the so top of the card. Yeah. I think that's so important. Um, I think that WWE uh, is doing a better job of this. But if you if you line everybody up, um, for the most part, they they're they're kind of identical, but you put Stat next to Britt Baker, next to Nyla, next to Ruby, and you got four different people, four different people, four different sizes, four different styles. Um, yeah, I think they're doing a good job of making the women's division look like women, <laughs> and yeah, mm. I'm, I'm all here for it, man. Um, that they they are, and, and even on, on their men's side, I I think that you got. Not everybody's tall, but you got a bunch of different looking guys on that side. Um, and, and so, yeah, they're doing a good job of being diverse in the way that I like to see like a sports show be diverse. Well, you talked about the big hook here being, I don't think you can do the, I don't think you can beat me. That's the hook of the main event. Motherfucker, I don't think you can beat me. Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. And honest to God, Chris, if you told me this was going to happen this year, to this motherfucker main evented WrestleMania, Chris. He was in the main event, and not like, and, and again, two nights. He was literally in the main event of WrestleMania in April. <laughs> like, Paul, I want to say this while we got you know people listening and people watching. There's no such thing as a hot shot. A hot shot exists, but there's also no such thing as a hot shot. What I mean is this. Bitch, we are fighting for ratings right now. We need people to watch these shows. Um, Big E winning the title is not a hot shot. Big E winning the title is a response to Monday Night Football exists. We need people to watch this thing. Brian and Kenny Omega off rip is not a hot shot. It is we have two of the best wrestlers in the entire world. We have them sign long term. One of them just signed. The other is never leaving because he has a piece of the pie. Why not have him wrestle? Like, and like you said, bitch, I don't, and this is Brian, I don't care about that title. I care about me showing you I'm the goods. I don't think you got it like I got it. So let's see who has it. Um, There is a whole generation, and, and Paul, like you said, 
you talked about WCW early on. You are familiar with Super Click, so you are familiar with American Dragon. I'm somebody who heard about cattle mutilation and had to go back and watch it via the YouTubes, right? But I know who he was before because I'm a big uh, Nigel McGuinness guy. I'm a huge Nigel McGuinness guy. So I got to go back and watch the stuff that they did. And so there's a generation of wrestling fans who have seen Daniel Bryan wrestle, but have never seen Bryan Danielson wrestle. You were about to see some shit, boy. <laughs> you, you. I was like, how do you describe it? You are going to see some shit. And I'll tell you what, I think that pe- people with like a a keen eye, if you looked at the flying knee that he gave Matt Jackson, he only did that with John Cena one time at SummerSlam. You ain't seen that flying knee. It was different. Kenny Omega may win the match. Kenny Omega may walk away from the match via DQ or countout or whatever. Kenny Omega is about to get his shit flipped. Like, so, so I'm going to take the other side of this booking. I think this is the beginning of the next phase of this lead story. You've already got the super click operating alone. The second, there's a crack in the, what was the end of the, the Adam Cole story before they killed him and being the elite? It was the wedge between he and Kenny. Yeah. If there's one thing they love doing, it's putting over their own stories. The non-title yeah. loss, yeah. the non-title loss will be a crack. We'll get the hangman comeback. He'll get his shot. That'll be once Hangman wins that title. Before Hangman wins the title, they'll run off Gallows and Anderson because you've already seen Adam Gold never mention him, niggas, which is hilarious to me. Dog, we got <laughs> we got the best tag team in the world right here. We need to not acknowledge them, boys. <laughs> Yo, and Carl, I love the fact that Carl and Luke react in the back. I'm like, yes, Carl and Doc, let's do this, baby. Let's tell this story because they're gonna leave, and. Adam's going to say, you're not even the champ anymore. You, How can you be the leader? You've been goofing around. I do love that Brian's into this goofy Kenny Omega thing. I do yeah. love the fact that we got crazy Kenny Omega for the first time in a long time. And it's going to look like a lot of fun. But I also love the fact that we can see the story happening. It's going to turn into Kenny Omega alone until his one friend from that forbidden door comes back to help. Uh-oh. I've got a dream, Cam. Uh-oh. It ends with Kota Ibushi on television every Wednesday night. Dog. I, I, <laughs> I again, I, I watched Kota Ibushi wrestle in a bando, and I think there were like two guys having sex off to the side. I think. I don't remember. They were like crackheads or something. But I, I've seen Kota Ibushi do the very best things and the very worst things, and he is just like... How do you describe a a Japanese wrestler who can do all of the wrestling, who is impossibly good looking, and also comes from money, so he doesn't need this shit? He doesn't need it at all. Doesn't need a drop of it. Doesn't need to take one more bump the rest of his life. He's set. Uh, he we now listen. The only thing that's like I hold against him is like it's his fault we got TJP because he was like, nah, I'm not signing that contract. I got money over here, baby. Oh, thanks, Coda. Sure. But no, sure. if we get dog, if we get golden lovers in AEW, and again, I'm not even like Japan guy, AEW guy, like Kenny guy, but I'm like, that would be so fun. Oh my goodness. And, and I wish you thought it was possible until they until they cut off Kaze Ninare and everyone got mad. Yeah. And I was like, like, 
<laughs> These nerds have more power than I thought. I think that like one thing that's underrated, and I bring this up with Wade a whole lot. Hit the bell. Um, I think that like we were talking about Damian Priest one time, and I said, Wade, are you aware of the extent to which women are attracted to Damian Priest? Like, I don't think you know that. And, and like, you know, it's like, again, like Wade has guys like me around so I can tell him was like, what's hot out here. But no, if they put Kota Ibushi on TV, like not that women aren't attracted to Japanese men, American women have not been exposed to a lot of Japanese men. They're going to all of a sudden have a bunch of new fans. Cause here's, again, here's your, here's your test. Show your girl, show Hayatani highlights. I had women at my house for SummerSlam. And WrestleMania, WrestleMania more primarily. Roman Reigns comes on the screen. They're like, "Oh my God, who is that?" I'm gonna watch. I didn't, I didn't think we. I didn't think we needed to bring that up. I thought, that, I thought we all knew that at this point. Yeah, I mean, again, if you don't know, you know. But then they found out. Like, like, no, they. Ugh, Golden Lovers on TV. Like, and again, Coda comes from money. But you know who has more money than Coda? The cons. <laughs> Yo, I will give you a hundred thousand and two dollars to come kick it with your boy for a week. Was he gonna say no? Put that in the portfolio. It'll be great. But no, um, Palm, I think we're gonna you're get the bumps. You're not gonna take on TNT. You're the bumps. I'm not letting you take on my television. How about that? That's the contract you're signing. Yeah. Bumps. Yeah. I won't let you take because I will not be liable for your neck. I think, and another thing's underrated. You brought it up. Um, shout out to shout out to Hangman for you know taking the family time. Y'all are having a baby. There's a bunch of moving pieces right now. You don't need to be here right now. But boy. When they pay off that story of him being the one to beat Kenny, um, that the people love him and they should. Like he's he's such a sympathetic character for so many reasons. I love um the the Dark Order thing was so cool. Like, we got your back. Yo, I gotta do it on my own. And and the visual of him getting jumped and Dark Order being like, yo, he told us, you know, that's not what he wants, so we gotta respect that man's wishes, like. When he gets there, it's really going to pay off. He's going to come like, back, reunite the Dark Order under his fist, and then he's going to take out Kenny Omega, and it's going to be fan-friggin-tastic. And then waiting in the wings, the man who tapped Kenny Omega on Dynamite at Grand Slam, Brian Danielson, slow clapping as he walks into the arena. Because if you think babyface Brian Danielson is a thing, motherfucker, wait till you hear heel Danielson. Wait till that chant that happens to ring through his interest music, you're going to get your fucking head kicked in? Wait till he embodies that chant. The fact that that chant comes from a match against Austin Aries and is now in his official music on AEW, meanwhile Austin Aries is signing autographs at your local gun show, is the funniest thing to me. From under the table. It's crazy. Oh, completely. He's not actually at the gun show. He's two blocks over. You got to knock on the door and know a guy, but you can get your Austin Aries autograph. Palm in... June of 2022, when Danielson beats Lee Moriarty with an inch of his life and puts him on the shelf, and the crowd just hates him for it. And he says, who else wants to challenge Brian Danielson? Uh, and then, you know, Lee comes back in February 2023, and they just put on a clinic where, you know, Lee's the first guy to make Danielson tap. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. Oh. oh. Yeah. I, they've given them a lot of toys. And I know a lot of people are faux worried. I say faux worried because if they were worried, they probably just think these things and not say them. But they're faux worried about 
well, how's everyone going to get all this time on AEW television? You've got to realize right now that some of the people they were pushing weren't ready. Yeah. Jungle Boy's not ready. He's getting readier. He's getting better every week. But if I can watch you improve, you're not ready to hold about the major title. You're just yeah. not. This isn't that terrible. This isn't developmental, as Christian so succinctly put it. Yeah, this is the big time. Like, like, and again, I, I think that they have done a great job utilizing YouTube. That's a whole lot of shit oh to my. watch, but yeah, I don't they watch really have. Like, you, um, I, I try to, again, with the with the black wrestling draws, I try to tune in. Like, sometimes it's just hard to watch shit at six o'clock on a Monday or five o'clock. I'll on catch. I'll, I'll catch. I'll go in and, and get the view up on that mm-hmm. match later. Like, I'll go watch. I'll go watch a match or two from each card, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not but yeah, they, they are. Yeah, like you said, there are people who are not ready. Um, and you know, they're 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 taking it slowly, you know, with some of them. Some of them they throw them into the water, but you know, they got three hours of TV, and I think that they've actually spread it pretty well. Um, absolutely. And yeah, if you if you do have the YouTubes, go watch Lee Moriarty versus Daniel Garcia. It if you like the wrestling wrestling, it is the wrestling wrestling. Oh my goodness, it's so good. And I, you couldn't find two nicer kids. They're so sweet. Is he signed for real? Is that a gimmick? Lee's really signed. Lee's really signed. That's fan friggin' tastic. And so, like, all of a sudden, like, they have, um, I would love for Lee to put on a little bit of size, um, just so that, just because I know, you know, the, where, where it's going, but he's also, again, he's a kid, like, he's going to put on some size, but yeah, man, they, they, they are all of a sudden, like, the best wrestlers on the indies, how about we get you in the fold and do some stuff with you? So, yeah, um, yeah, go watch that. But they 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 just are set up, and WWE is taking a different approach. Now I'll say this: um, Rick Steiner's kid. Look, <sighs> okay, so I have my doubts about a lot of the new NXT thing. I have a lot of serious doubts. I actually like the presentation. I think it looks better. Um, but if the plan is this is going to be a Roman and Charlotte factory, and one of your first pieces is that kid, all right. Well, let's see where it goes. Clearly, they're on something. Um, he, I signed him as my fullback in Madden three days ago. It's like, well, you know, if that's if that's what we're doing, let's try it. Let's just. Blocking for Antonio Gibson, it's it's uh, incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just he's his father's son and his uncle's nephew, and. I think Champa is the perfect champion to foster new talent because he's his gimmick is that he's crazy paranoid about his spot and about his belt. Um, and so you have these young guns shooting for him. I, I think it's perfect placement. Um, the kid looks great, talks like his dad, does the suplexes, uh, has a has a better body than his dad, but a more realistic body than his uncle. Um, that is the perfect description. Thank you. I'm looking for it. Yeah, he, and, he's, and the only thing I can hope right now is that they're saving his name for the main roster. Yeah, name is fuck. I mean, his name is Braun, but but it like, feels like one. You're doing a little bit too hard to erase Mr. Stur who just left. Yes. And two, come on, buddy. Yeah. Give me Breaker. a fucking signer. Hey, guess Breaker what? If I'm watching the other company, Street, the doors of the past. Yes. The reverent. We appreciate who was here before. Like, yeah, let's. Yeah, but but maybe. Totally like, fucking I would hate, Blanchard. 
yeah don't you love how like telly is super respected and wwe loves their big strong white lady wrestlers and tessa can't get a job (laughs) see i this is because you're on twitch you have to be messy like that i could get out now I could have gotten this entire podcast on this Tessa Blanchard. I, there was no reason for her to come up. I need to talk she about her is, old man, Ricochet. She's incredibly talented. Um, she's just a blockhead. And I don't mean that to be rude. She just can't get out of her own way. Pump, I don't know if you know this, but when Ricochet was at the PC, she was coaching against the coaches on what he should be doing and where he should be. She was not signed. She was just there morally supporting and was being soccer mom she's a blockhead he cannot get out of her own way and she doesn't acknowledge that she's in her own way and so that's why she's at the crib like we at the crib the the first step to fixing a problem is identifying and she hasn't done that yeah but no um again bringing it back um yeah, AEW has Grand Slam. It's two nights. It's a great mix of new and old talent. Um, you have this incredible main event that's literally a dream match. Um, almost every match that Brian Danielson in is a dream match. Now you have him against this nonstop machine that is Kenny Omega, who is still operating at a very high level. Um, yeah, it, it's top to bottom. It's very strong. I, I think that that tag match is going to go crazy. I yep. think that the main event is going to go crazy and they have so much stuff in between that people really want to see and none of it feels stale. Um, and also he's not on the show, but boy is Miro doing some fucking work. How Palm, what? I only, I stand only for my God and I fall only for my wife after a victory. The I thing, don't know what to tell you. dog. <laughs> the thing that one of the things I appreciate about you is the affinity you've built for me for William Stryker um, in X-Men in that I, I love these religious zealots. I love them. I love them. <laughs> um, like, I think that horror movies don't scare me. Movies about cults specifically and like weird Satanism and reverse Christianity or just super dedicated Christianity, those do scare me. And I know you and I operate on different levels of religion, but because of where I stand on religion, that's why these things scare me. And so when somebody's like, hey, I'm going to terrorize you in the name of God, I'm like, oh God, you mean it. <laughs> you are really dedicated to this. That's None of devotion. Yeah. And, and there's just something I appreciate about people who are crazy religious and also just want to bang their wife all the time. It's great. Um, so yeah, he is doing some amazing ways. work. You tour starts very soon. Very excited to go to it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, let's get out of here before. Um, this has been good. This has been great. I haven't talked to you in a long time. It's a lot of fun to do this. We're going to catch up um, after I stop recording here because there's two things I want to say to you that I'm not going to record for my podcast. <laughs> yeah, tell everyone where they can find you, my friend. Absolutely. Um, if you're on the socials, um, it's at Seahawk, C-E-E-H-A-W-K. Um, this thing that we do, this banter that we have, this way that I talk, all of a sudden blossomed into 11,000 followers. One time, Paul made a joke. And Paul, I don't forget things. I don't bring them up, but I don't forget things. Um, it was something that somebody said, and I think I had like 1,500 followers or something. You were like, oh, I thought this joke was about a popular account. And I was like, wow, that hurts. Um, 
But here we are, all these months later, kind of a popular account. So if you want to talk about wrestling, pop culture, and you know some debauchery, and see me take pictures with women I don't acknowledge in public, um, Seahawk, C-E-E-H-A-W-K, um, Pro Wrestling Torch, East Coast Cast, every week, Wednesdays, 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central, um, eastcoastcast.com, or you know, right here on the Twitch stream, uh, twitch.tv slash Seahawk. Typically, uh, we do the live stream here. You'll typically catch me Thursday evenings, 9 p.m. Central, twitch.tv slash Seahawk, during the football season, especially when the Washington football team is playing, or if the Texas Longhorns happen to be playing on like a Thanksgiving Thursday, we move the stream to Friday nights. Again, talking about the best in pop culture, what's going on on YouTube. Um, yeah, and maybe, just maybe, it hasn't been finalized, but a certain large city in America is having a comic convention early next month. You might catch me in New York on a panel. So if that happens, I'll have more details about that later. That was a lot, man. We, it, again, I learn from the best. I watch the best. And so this thing that was a little has kind of turned into a lot. Um, oh, oh, oh. Also, I have to say it, if you read your wrestling magazines, go pick up the August edition of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, kind of my first published article, uh, me talking to Ali Cat about becoming Ali Catch, getting real serious about the wrestling. Great to talk about, you know, a kid who grew up uh, in the Dallas area, really getting into their craft, being recognized as one of the best. Um really fun talking to a really fun writing. Um, I finally got to give my mom something in print because moms don't really understand like the internet. <laughs> like mom, uh, I'm on this website. That's cool. I'm like, mom, here's a physical copy of a thing with my name in it. In turn, your name in it. Please cherish this. So yeah. And, 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 and coming to your film festivals later this year, um, you can see me in The Bards, a modern retelling of some of Shakespeare's sonnets. Uh, me and the young lady Jade, who you've seen on the last season of Insecure, uh, directed and written by uh, Nicole, uh, better known as Necker from Necker the Uber Driver. Uh, really cool stuff. So yeah, bomb. It's It's been a ride and I credit you guys for letting me know that this stuff can happen if you just keep working at it. Good work. It gets more good work, my friend, as I always like to say. And uh, you've done it and you keep getting more in front of you. So before we go, I just want to ask if this is a sports podcast. Is Texas back? So, <laughs> sorry, sorry. no, no. I, I, this will eventually, but... eventually get me to make a funny little song. So let's just everybody keep that feeling. You guys look great, by the way. Um, I don't, don't know say if that. Don't say we that. have an offense, but there is it might not matter. Like, you guys look great on defense. You look amazing. Um, no, we made the mistake of starting big white quarterback instead of guy who throws the ball downfield. Um, what we have won last week, I don't know. Right now, I do not think that we have the linemen to compete with the SEC. Like, I don't think we're big enough. Um, and in turn, not being big enough, not being strong enough. I think we have speed guys. Speed guys don't get it done when everybody else has big and speed guys. But we'll get there. We got the best running back in America. Um, I don't know how much that's going to count for, but we'll see. I was just going to ask what it was like to get jazzed with my Arkansas like that. I, I Yo, like that big shit. random sophomore black dual threat quarterback <laughs> busted our ass. We never heard of this kid. 
<laughs> yeah, we were not ready. Oh, God. that was so ugly last week. I got super lit. I wasn't great. It wasn't. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for coming on. I'm having you on later this year. We'll just talk football. We'll have a football podcast where you and I can ruminate about our team. It'll be somewhere around the Florida week, so I can be super nervous and not feel good about myself. Um, again, Cam, thanks for doing this. Thanks for everyone who watched on the stream, I guess. I don't know. Do I acknowledge them? I'm I mean, acknowledging you. You're, you're acknowledged. Cool. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out. That was the show. There is the outro. See you guys next week.